You're listening to the SpyFi After Dark Podcast. And we are back here, SpyFi After Dark. We have a good episode today, a timely episode. So timely. First guest of the season, the one, the only, Frank Hogan Jr. How's everybody doing? And if you can't tell by his voice, I'm black. <laughs> Unless you're watching the video, which and you already know. know. We'll return after the break. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously there's uh, some newsworthy items going on at the moment. Yeah. Especially for us being in Arizona. Definitely. Yeah. But real quick, before we start, just a couple housekeeping items. Um, you can find us obviously on all the platforms. Subscribe if you're listening. Really helps us out, especially on YouTube. Need 100 subscribers to get youtube.com slash spyfi. iowamacus.com. I'll be talking about that in a break later. And you can find me on Twitter at Millen Tweets or on Instagram at Millen Grams. Do you have a handle you want to share? Um, find me on Dopest Black Nerd. But it's not, on, it's not fully spelled out, right? No, it's it's <laughs> Dopest, B-L-K, then Nerd. Is it an ERD Instagram. or in RD? No, ERD. The okay. only thing that's not spelled out is black. Okay. They were probably not thinking it was in RD. Um, mm-hmm. And you have a podcast too, right? I do. What I is do. it called? Next Level Town. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Next Level Town, Facebook, Twitter. We're all over. Spotify too? Yeah, Spotify yeah. and Apple yeah. Podcasts. Cool. So, use Anchor? Uh, Spreaker. Spre- okay. Is it similar? What was, what was that yeah. face? It's, no, no, it's similar. It's, it sounds like it's, it's very similar. He to goes, eh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'll cut that out. He goes, aw. And we have this a, podcast is sponsored by Anchor.fm. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get on your level, Milan, one day. Nah, that's all right. It's all the same. Definitely. All right. So we have. Perhaps the biggest mass uprising in modern American history at the moment. Okay. Modern being like within the last 40 years. Okay. That's what I was like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely. Um, what are your thoughts? Just off the bat, just off the bat, shoot, shoot from the hip. Uh, I'll tell you that, uh, no filter people tired. Okay. People are tired, you know, uh, as a black man, I can't, I can't say I've been through everything that every black person has been through, but I do notice like, and there's some common, like, like there's common discrimination among all of us, you know, and the fact that all this is happening and people are acting in such a way, like what they're doing, the whole looting and stuff like that, that's not necessarily a good thing, but it's all reaction to something else, you know? Uh, I actually, I'm not going to like get into specifics, but Dion Johnson got killed. He got murdered uh, in Arizona from, uh, being asleep in his car. And I guess, I guess it turned into an altercation, so on and so forth. But I actually, Dion Johnson is close to a family member of mine. Mm. Um, he is... I'm not going to tell you like specifically what it is. I don't know if they want to be on air or whatever, but yeah, but yes, I have a 
a cousin, like my first cousin knows him very dearly. And I actually heard it from her first, like before this all went off, went off. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't, I forgot that something like this can happen so close to home, like so close to like family. Mm-hmm. Like you, you would think your family is okay. You know? Yeah. You always think you're the exception. Yeah. Until you're not. Until you're not, you know, this is, this has been a hard couple months for me, but and for a lot of people, but we're getting through it. We're figuring it out. Uh, I don't know. What I heard a stat that at any given time, roughly 10% of the United States black population is in jail or prison specifically. That sounds about right. I mean, yeah, most people in prisons are black or at the very least people of color, mm-hmm. right? And I think I heard a, a separate stat that something like a third of black men have been in prison at least, at least once. once. At least once, yes. Yeah, that's a crazy statistic. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. So find three other, two other black people, and statistically, me, one of us is going to jail. Statistically, I got an ex-con on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. That's cold. That's fucked up. I mean, it's the truth. I mean, you know, I'm a badass, but I can't tell everybody what I do. <laughs> You have a past life. Yeah, I know. I just leave it alone, you know. But so so are you hopeful about about this? Am I hopeful that things will get better? Yeah. Because uh, the way I see it, there's either a hopeful reaction or there's a cynical reaction. Mm-hmm. Which side are you on? I believe that feeling some way about something is not enough. To get your, uh, I don't know, oppressor or whatever, like white people, mm-hmm. get them to understand and to change what's going on. Because, you know, racism isn't as overt other than this, like what's going on now. It's more like, it's more like under the radar. Mm-hmm. But the system is built in such a way for people to look like me or even people in color in general to not be treated as like in a certain way. Lawfully, everything's the same as far as the law consider, is considered. I mean, more or less, but theoretically, yeah, theoretically, right? Like in a vacuum. Yes, mm-hmm. but probably not. But, uh, as far as how people are actually treated, how people actually feel, you know, socially and stuff like that, it's not the same. It's not the same. And for you to say that they're the same is you need a huge like paradigm shift. You need to take the blinders off. But, I mean, understandably so, for white people, it doesn't really affect them. It has nothing to do with them. See, like, now the looters and the rioting happened. Now they have something to say. Mm-hmm. You understand? Now it has something to do with their stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's worth talking about. And something unique to this round of unrest is, uh, previously when this has happened, all the destruction happened within their own communities. Mm-hmm. This time, they're actually going out of their community. Yeah. And the destruction is in generally wealthier neighborhoods, mm-hmm. which is a first. Yeah. For instance, Fifth Avenue in New York is like totally ransacked. It's destroyed. Damn. And Sixth Avenue. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of like them uh, saying, you don't care about black people's lives. I mean, you care more about your stuff than our life. Yeah. So we going to wreck your stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying so, I understand. So to circle back. Does that mean you're on the cynical side? You don't think things are going to fundamentally change because of this? 
Because it sounds like you think the obstacles are too steep for a fundamental change over one mass event like this. Oh, of course. Yeah. I, I, I don't think so. I think, I think, um, how do I say this? I think how, not necessarily how they feel about us, but they have to, uh, why people have to, the law has to like take baby steps to make sure things like this don't happen and to where they're, they're held accountable because I mean, obviously with George Floyd, like that's murder. Mm -hmm. Like that's not defending yourself. That's not murder. Mm -hmm. If I put my leg on your neck, that is not like self-defense. That's literally me trying to like usurp a certain kind of dominance over you. Mm -hmm. If I choke, if I'm choking you, if I'm choking you, choking means like, that's like malice. That's like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't hit you. I didn't shoot you. I choked you. That means I took the time to stay there and hurt you, you know? Mm -hmm. So. And I think what is unique is this, this time around, it seems that the overwhelming majority of the population agrees that that's murder. Yes. So we have at least that. The question is, how does that apply to policy or does anything actually change as a result of it? That's what I'm getting at. And it sounds to me like you don't think. I don't think. Do I don't think black people change. feeling kind of a certain kind of way is enough. I think. I think white people, getting into it, can make a change. You know, mm -hmm. like if I don't know, this is gonna sound like kind of weird, but if I had a dog and I treated my dog like shit, and my dog went into like. Oh, like, oh no, a little kid, look at like a kid or something like that. It's better instead of a dog. Like if I had a child and I treated my child like shit and he told me I treated him like shit, whatever. I'm an adult. I have the power here. It doesn't really matter. But if somebody across the street sees how I treat my child and they, and they're holding me accountable, they're like, yeah, you treat that child like shit. You need to do better or this will happen. Then I, I'm in a position to change. Okay. I mean, that seems reasonable to me. I don't know any statistics around like like job or on the job related murders committed by police and like how that on average resolves regardless of the victim's race. Mm -hmm. But we really need to understand. Speak into the mic. We really need to. Can you hear me? Yeah. We really need to understand like how to make more granular the subjectivity of how police officer may or may not be culpable. That's not even like race related. Mm -hmm. It's just that it's, it's being pronounced in, in this climate. And I understand mm -hmm. why, because you have racists in that position, but it's actually the position's problem in my opinion, because like, Kind of similar to what Frank brought up. I think it's a problem for cops, not necessarily for racist yeah, cops. it's a position. It's an enabler. It's an enabler. Yeah, like racism is not going to go away because, you know, blacks Bi and other races biases. D Every decided to like break shit. If anything, yeah. it's going to be suppressed hatred towards them. Mm -hmm. Maybe a less outward behavior. But if anything, by the way, a lot of people have cops in their family and are friends of cops. Mm -hmm. I bet you... The majority of those families do not advocate what's, what's happened in the past week or so. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, it's grown in tag, uh, it's grown opposition against that. So 
I would just like to see police be more scrutinized. Like that's why we gave them cameras in the first place. And it, like it rarely goes mm-hmm. against the officer. Well, not every place has that. I know, but like it rarely goes against the office. Like officers, I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me. That's why I'd like to look at, look at it. But like, it seems like they can get away with a lot because there's subjectivity around their job. Like you can't quantify, you can't as for a police officer, you can't quali- quantify his or her fear of, risk that's yes. why escalation doesn't have metrics that's why it doesn't and that's why cops can be proactive and that's why you can't prove if they're recklessly proactive because they can't quantify risk that's the problem with that position well, that position is enabling people who are racist yeah. yes that's that's the problem I, mm-hmm. I have a problem with cops like they bend the law yeah because their job because is because they risky. are the law yeah yeah, yeah. and they're well, if, if you say, hey, a cop should be more culpable, another cop will say, well, the job's tough. That's going to be the, that's always going to be the cop out. The cop out, yeah. <laughs> and the job's this tough. Also, Alex Don. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. This is the problem. No, and there's a lot of race, racial, race-related problems are usually tied to police behavior because that is very pronounced in that, in those incidences. Mm-hmm. Hate crimes, they get dealt with normally. Police well, crimes don't, no, don't be, get handled. No, because hate crimes are obviously racist like everybody can agree if somebody burns down a church and it's a bad thing and there's no there's right. in some cases it can be hard to prove it is a hate crime true true i mean you have ahmaud arbery right that was a hate crime but it wasn't clear initially mm-hmm. it's only like supplementary evidence has come out afterwards that has made it like graduated into a hate crime so mm-hmm. now i believe now they're prosecuting it as a hate crime or at least there's a call to do so i don't know if it's been accepted or not Okay. At the federal level. But it, that wasn't the case. Even once they were arrested originally, mm-hmm. it took time and like additional evidence to do that. Okay. Even though like circumstantially, most logical people would say that pretty much looks like a hate crime, mm-hmm. you know, but isn't that, but isn't that like a function of like the law and like, and stuff like that. Like it's clearly a hate crime, but they'll, they'll make it as something else. That doesn't mean people don't think it's not a hate crime. True. They just can't. They just can't do anything about it being a hate crime. True. Because they don't have the power to do it. Do True. so. You know. You can know cops are racist, but because of who the cop is, they can. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, there's clearly systematic issues with the policing, mm-hmm. and I mean, even with body cameras, the big problem is the the penalties for turning off your body camera. Oh, do they exist? They're inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Just like. Penalties usually, in general around cops. Yes. Yes. Usually, I think, I think oftentimes if all you do is turn off your body camera and there's no other evidence of whatever happened, you might be fired. And that was probably about it. I and then you just go get hired by another department. And I understand that like there needs to be some kind of lenience for cops because cops are depending on actually, your function and like your territory. Actually, I don't think so. But that's in extreme cases, yes. But I'm saying well, in a general sense, like, I think in a vacuum, I understand what he's saying. Yeah, but because of how people, but because of how people are, it's yeah. It's here's, awkward. here's my problem. There's yeah. a lenience in the sense that you're allowed to defend yourself and you're allowed to defend someone else. Yes, that's but not lenience. That's just that's their not job. Lenience. If your body I mean, cam is ever off, I do think it should be like potentially a slap on the wrist because you can. It can be done accidentally or stress people. But if, if it's associated with if there's subjective murder, then you should just yeah. be thrown in prison for manslaughter. It's very very like if yeah if if turning off minimum. your body camera coincides with with no incident, then yeah obviously it's not yeah not a problem. But if there if an incident happens and your body camera was off, 
then you should be held yeah. responsible for Police it. protect each other. And fun, definitely. I mean, fundamentally, and fundamentally definitely. I come at it from the perspective that we should expect police to be like the best of us. I I'm, I told you this, that they actually should be, be set up for higher penalty, for instance. Like it should it's not be higher less. penalty, higher pay, better job security. Like, but higher pay could well, even... Well, actually not the latter because you yeah. already have perfect job well, security. So take that back. But higher pay and higher responsibility. I'm going to say better. I'm going to say more or better training as well. Well, it yeah, take that, that comes with it. Yeah, yeah. In it yeah, it isn't. How much? How long does it take to become a police officer? Isn't like a few months? I think. I, like it's six months, months or something. It's under a year. The, yeah, it's the, like, tra- the training is a few months, and then you're like a rookie where you have to operate with the senior officer for a while. Yeah, but it depends on the department. But I also understand that. But in like, this case, actually, just as a side note, in the specific George Floyd case, mm-hmm. Chauvin was the senior officer, and the other three were all junior officers. I believe or at least at least one of them, if not all of them. Are so you it was a situation where they were being trained by Chauvin. Are you saying that that should matter? No, I'm not saying. I'm just saying it's funny that it just yeah, like interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. I now this is this might be creeping into like something completely different, but out of curiosity, I'm curious. So we have like statistics that we can look up regarding like deaths by police, whether it's just brutality or you know what I mean? Like on the job decisions or whatever. Mm -hmm. I haven't looked up police deaths and who like who's associated with the death or who commits the death, who commits the murder, excuse me, by race. I'm curious if that ends up being slanted in one direction that may be feeding police racism. I'm not saying I'm justifying police behavior at all, but I'm curious if what I'm trying to say, I'll break it down. What I'm trying to say is I worry that police officers getting killed on average are because of certain people or certain regions. Mm -hmm. Because if that's the case, this is a, this is like a low IQ. We'll see. Like that's definitely response to it. Definitely. Because see, people will say, oh, but this is to say something happens and then somebody else come out with another statistic that'll refute that. But you forget all the statistics and make up that statistic. So you just told me, oh, this is a police officer getting killed, you know, theoretically in a low income area or something like that or an area full of black people. Right. Um, Why is that happening? They won't, they, they won't ask why it's happening. They'll just say, oh, black people are just that exactly. way. You yeah, know, they you won't know, ask. They won't it's, ask. A good conver- it's a good discussion, too. Um, I mean, like, uh, so what I was saying, I agree with Millen, just to backtrack a minute, that police officers in general have to be held to a higher standard. Of course. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like, and that's the issue. Like, I, I mean, that's one of the issues. Cause like you said, people say, Oh, it's a cop. He's defending himself. And he also gets leeway because he took a job that inherently uh, uh, like his life is on the line every day, so on and so forth. Right. But see, I didn't take that job and I also didn't do that training. You expect you. So I think you're expected to be better than me. Yeah. The training should yeah. prepare you for these kinds of situations. Mm-hmm. To prepare you to make the right choice, mm-hmm. not and, prepare you to like yes. make the most lethal choice, but prepare you to make the correct yes. choice. Yes. And yeah, we know that there are plenty of methods that police generally have in instances where they can incapacitate someone without leaning on. Um, yeah. So it's like full on murder. You get you know you get pulled over, and you say something that's, you know, 
very nicely officer or something, right? In the officer's eyes, you shouldn't be you should be treating me like I'm God or like I have like with the utmost respect because of my position. Not necessarily because of how I treat you, but because I come out here and I you know, and everything. Mm-hmm. And on top of that I have a gun badge, you know, taser, da 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 da. I'm in the position to do whatever I want to you, right? So you should be scared or you should respect me. It's not, it's not a function of whether they earn the respect because inherent, like in a, I believe that theoretically they should have the respect just because they're cops, but people are different. You know, like if I, if I see a cop, you know, wipe away how people like me are treated or look like me are treated. You took a job that's literally supposed to like protect all of us. I should feel safe with you. I should feel secure. Yeah, that's something I was I was waiting for. Mm-hmm. So hold on, hold on. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll come right back. Hey there, podcast listeners. This podcast is proudly sponsored by me. That's right, me. I'm here to tell you about a project I've been working on called the Iowa Moccas. It's a democracy technology project with an accompanying live stream that will be happening sometime in June. Basically, a friend and I are building a real caucus software. This project is based on the now famous debacle that's known as the 2020 Iowa Democratic Caucus, when the Iowa Democratic Party utilized a new technology for the first time in running its caucus, except the technology kind of failed really bad. The thing is, the software that you'd use to run a caucus is not actually that complicated. And so my friend and I wanted to basically just build it. And we're gonna run a live stream mock caucus or mockus to prove that it works. Head on over to iowamockus.com because I know, I know you wanna learn more about it. Sign up for email updates. We'll keep you updated along the way. I promise we'll use your email very responsibly, more responsibly than pretty much everyone else in politics. And we are gonna need a few volunteers to actually make the mockus happen. It's a really, really small commitment of time but we do need people to fill the spots for the live stream. So once again, head on over to iowamaucus.com, sign up for updates, sign up to be a part of the caucus if you want to be a part of it. Like I said, it's a small commitment. We're talking five to 10 minutes of your day. Anyways, that is it for me. Let's get back to the episode. All right, we're back. <laughs> I can't do this. I guess let's um, blow off some steam. Wow, okay. No one's going to understand that joke in context because they missed whatever. It was a joke. Just don't worry about it. A.O. to the yayo. Um, <laughs> Alex was doing his Alex things. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back, y'all. What's up? So, Frank, you mentioned essentially that uh, just a bit ago that, um, you know, part of being a police officer is to demonstrate exemplary behavior yes. and to be an equipped arguably militarized person that can protect himself, herself and other people around. So mm-hmm. like me as just an ordinary civilian, I shouldn't be fearful. I should actually feel safe around an officer. Yeah. I'm saying like in a vacuum. I mean, as an extension of this personally, and I know this is not likely to happen in the immediate future, but personally, I don't think patrol officers should carry guns. I think guns should be something you check out for a specific purpose which is how hand, policing is usually handled in European countries. But what about like the, what about certain like demographics and stuff? Or, like or no, not in just regions like Arizona. Yeah. 
everyone, everyone's equipped. Everyone's caring. Oh my goodness. I can't talk to somebody who says I want to buy a gun. I wouldn't even want to be a cop here. Like the, like I, I would, I feel like all right, the applicant pool would. That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? In certain regions, it may not be practical. But I, I understand what I get what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. I understand. It'd be cool if they were equipped with like non-lethal. I mean, they are, but I mean, I'm saying use like, it, that's all it. they, if that was all they had. Yeah. Like, uh, I remember seeing a a video of UK cops confronting a guy who had a knife and probably had some sort of aggravated aggravation of some, he was clearly angry and mm. it's not clear if it was like a mental illness or something, but this guy had a knife and he was like coming at them and there were several officers and they were basically like boxing them in and using like group tactics and just clubs, like non-lethal weapons to like box them into a situation where they could disarm them and pacify them. Yeah. And it was like coordinated, skillful, like these people are clearly well-trained and they're not going to kill them versus in the United States, if someone came out a cop with a gun, they'd just be shot. Period. And also, it's like, a triple, a triple tap to the chest. You know, that's no another problem asked. I have too that, like, police officers rely on guns. And you could always say, you could always say, like, by default, the reliance on guns in escalated situations for police officers is usually based out of fear. And I can understand that. And yeah. I'm not going to agree that that's, that's what's actually happening. And, and, and what I mean is, like, if I'm saying it doesn't have to be lethal, it doesn't have to be a lethal use of a gun, even if a gun is incredibly lethal. But there's no there's no safe use of a gun. I know what I'm saying. It's sad that like I don't I don't hear about police officers like incapacitating people in, you know, maybe a, a, a more brutal but but less shooting a limb but i that, never that can still cause lifetime damage but it they don't it, they I, still I never hear about it though that's the thing why is it always like a lethal shot to a fucking because chest they're, they're <laughs> trained that their gun is their it's supposed to be their last line of defense but it's not and if you use it you aim to kill it's all uh, it's all their discretion so to me it's like there's no well, rules so why not just but i agree with i you think saying. i think Actually, actually, what you're saying funny. is wrong. Actually, what you're saying is wrong. There are, it's to their discretion what form to use at any time. That's actually the problem that like, so but for, they do follow protocol and their they? protocol states that your gun is to be your last resort. And if you use it, use it to kill. Okay. So I, I understand what you're saying there. You're saying that if, if the gun's out, the gun should be used to kill for self-defense. Mm-hmm. I do know that they have essentially like levels of defense or proactive measures against escalation and escalation should be cognitively assessed by the police officer. But that's why an officer doesn't have like incremental uh, behavior against me, me, meaning let's just say like you are yelling at me. I might tase you. It doesn't work. Okay. Now I might use my beat stick. Okay. It's not working. Now I use my gun. Like that doesn't, that is also on paper and that's never practiced. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's so, not, but that doesn't track. You're it's also yelling. somewhat, somewhat impractical. It is impractical. But what I'm saying is if that's impractical, why is the use of a gun being exclusively for killing? Yeah. The only practical measure. Like I, if I was an officer, I wouldn't mind. If I actually felt like I was in danger, like I don't want to kill someone, even if I feel like my life's on the line. Well, to be honest, most of the time, unless you're around a whole bunch of people with guns or with somebody, like our co- cops are rarely alone in these situations. Yeah, not too. alone, but they have more firepower more often well, than not. And that's what I was going to say is oh, I think I think the metric should be if you use more force than someone's using on you, then you're in the wrong. Yes. Yeah. I agree. So if someone is not shooting at you, you don't shoot at them. 
Mm-hmm. If they have a knife and they're coming at you, you can disarm them without a gun. You don't need that. And it should be your responsibility to be that kind of, um, that, uh, well, responsible. Yes. You know, exactly. and, and not, knife, not, knife's not, a little different. Yeah. Knife's a little different. Like if someone, cause hypothetically, if someone breaks into my house with a knife, I don't mind killing them with a gun because they're intending to kill me. Yeah. But you don't, it's the intent. but you don't necessarily have, again, you don't have like, you know, six months of training. Yeah. You're not a cop. Hand to hand. You know, I know, but like as a, like if your answer would probably be different if you were like a jujitsu master. That's not fair to officers though. That's, I guess what I'm talking about is in a perfect world, you're absolutely correct. But I also want to give them credit. Like, and some, this is, this is actually what I meant by lenience. Like I'm not going to tell them I've trained or I'm not like as a, you know, I'm not going to say, Hey, I've taken you through the Academy. I've given you training. You are more, uh, crafted for self-defense and martial arts, um, than the average civilian now go out there and avoid, you know, murder at all costs. Like it's not fair in my opinion, because their job is high tension and it's tough for them to always think like that and be, and be as like, Listen, we're talking, we're splitting okay. hairs. I'd say we're, right, we're, we're right now it's impractical because the standards aren't high enough. We're splitting hairs mm-hmm. over something that's not even occurring. That's we're true. splitting hairs about, about like better case scenario. Yes. What I am going to say to you is if someone's coming at me with hands, yes, I will put, take them down. If someone's coming at me with a knife, I think it's okay. If like, depending on the situation, I don't think I can take them down and they're going for my throat. Like, yeah, I'll, I want to live too. Yes. But if someone's coming at me with hands, they're not going to take me out. Like I'm more trained and I got weapons. I don't have to shoot them in the chest. That's mm-hmm. fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. But is it, is it a, I don't know. Is it, I'm mean, going to throw something in there. If they're coming at you with a knife, like you said, can shoot me a leg. Can that be a bad That's thing? That's what I'm saying. I would do that. I would do that. I'm too. saying, I'm saying in the world we live in now, I understand why a gun could be used, even though retro, you know, retrospectively, FYI, may, a shot on a leg can still be lethal. hundred percent femoral artery. Oh yeah. hundred percent. But there's like a chance. Yes. You but know, you're, you're and, tr- and actually also part, in my opinion, it'll, it'll, it'll actually, in my opinion, it'll, it'll, I'd rather the officer shoot at the ground in front of them. Yeah, we can, we can get into A, like, to scare them. Yeah. B, you may get a ricochet situation, which is a lot less velocity, so it's a lot less lethal. Or rubber rubber shots, or, you know, they can be carrying so one of the, all one kinds of So one of the of other stuff. disadvantages to cops having weapons is that as long as the cop has a weapon, that's potentially someone else's weapon. If the cops look in the wrong direction for a second, they can lose it. In a crowd, they can lose it in a mm-hmm. high tense situation. It's another reason why police are always and on edge, why, and that's why their job is tough. Because well, that's also why they go to their guns so much, is they have their hand on their yes. weapon so they don't lose it. hundred percent. And so then, when they're in a tough situation, they need a split second decision. They're already there, and they will kill for yeah. attempts to steal a gun. Like if any civilian tries it, that yeah. civilian will get killed if they're putting their hand even near the gun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, police don't want to try out theory they're not going to theory craft on the job yeah. but but proactively killing someone and or like you know assaulting someone and that person has like really like no way to threaten you that's what we're talking about these are the situations that we're talking about right now mm-hmm. we're not talking about like what if this and what if that also by the way if i'm a police officer and i use my gun but i don't shoot someone in the chest point blank 
and they die from like hemorrhaging or something from the femoral artery. Mm-hmm. That's really tragic. But at least the police, like the least society will know or the public will know that that police officer is not Trigger probably happy. not. Yeah, probably not skillful enough to have shot the femoral artery to feign manslaughter with the intent to kill versus self-defense. Shooting someone in the fucking chest when you don't need to you is could. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you cannot argue anything else. Yeah. Also, it's not clear to what level cops are equipped with first aid knowledge of oh, like like gunshot after? wounds. Yeah. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Why they should be? Absolutely. Why would this not be? Like, I just, I just, I know what you guys are saying, but I just find it hard to believe that you like you literally, <clears throat> you literally have a job where you're supposed to be better than everybody around you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah, I agree 100%. You're supposed to be better. I'm not supposed to worry about like uh, you feeling some kind of way, so you're gonna kill me. Yeah, and See, I didn't way. have that training. I'm not a cop, right? You mm-hmm. like, I don't like, I'm not, you know, we're not expecting me to act the same way you, you do because you are a cop, you're supposed to do the things that I wouldn't, mm-hmm. more no, or less. Of course, that, well, that's why I'm saying it. Your level of force as a cop should be equivalent or lesser than your. Whoever you're exactly. in conflict with, and anything other than that should should be, you know, an immediate real charge. conflict. Real but, conflict should just be identifiable. Yes, oftentimes there's no conflict. That's but that's that's, that's also a that, people thing too. That like like a lot of yeah, a lot of our a problem, a lot of the public optic on police behavior would like not be there if if this wasn't the case, but like a lot of people have died to police mm-hmm. when like no, no conflict has been present. Well, yeah, we're, we're talking so now we're about saying, like nuance and stuff. What we're saying is the cops should never be Rely. proactively enforcing something. It should always be a reactive. Yes. It's just difficult. I'm just, situation. I agree with a hundred percent. It's just also difficult for police. I also want to, I'm trying to think of both sides. And by the way, this again, the situation is it's that difficult, which is why they shouldn't, they should be only allowing higher quality applicants. Yes. Right. And there should be strength, more stringent weeding out policy. That's right. Exactly. Oh. Like if I was an officer, I would definitely want to be looked at by the public as like a good impact. And I would want yeah. people to feel safe around me, I, but I also wouldn't want to feel like there's risk to going to jail if I'm put in a situation where I cannot, so let me give you an example. Well, Have that's you, why body cameras are so important because yes. they can also uh, effectively exonerate cops in a situation of yes. being like, "This is what happened." You can literally see yes. my perspective. Protect them too. Um, yeah. Like uh, you know how like um, um, you've ever. Have you ever like turned around and something's like coming your way and like reactively you do something that's like not even effective? I don't know if that makes any sense. Like you've done stupid stuff in in your life when like there's no like actual like time to think. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like police officers are often in these situations where they don't even have time to think. Again, what we were talking about earlier has nothing to do with this. Like people getting killed by like police malice is different than this. Yes. I'm talking about if, like someone is like coming after a cop with like a knife and they're thinking like they're they can't sit there and break out the situation. And say, OK, the knife is three inches. If it hits me here, I'm probably not going to die. This person is 180 pounds. I'm 210 See, pounds. I thought, but well, I thought I thought they had the ability to pause time for a second. Yeah. The math comes you know, up on the screen. It's like, like yeah, action no, man. Like yeah. for real. Just, no, honestly, <laughs> they, get, they all take the limitless pill. And you know, just, in, in theory, because in theory, in theory. 
nobody should get killed by police because police are in a position to incapacitate 99.9% of people. Yes. yes. At least in, in close range. In close range, yes. Mm-hmm. True. In theory, in theory no one should be no one should be killed by police unless they're trying to kill the police. Yeah. Yeah. Or kill someone else in immediate proximity. Mm-hmm. And from usually from a distance where a gun's the only option or something. Yeah. Like there And even know, then. And even then. Even then, like you can leave some room. Mm-hmm. Because like like I said, uh I mean, I try and kill you and you're a cop. Well, no, and I, I actually I should qualify. I think particularly when the when person's trying to kill someone else, that's when it's like, okay, kind of all bets are off. But okay. if they're trying to kill the cop themselves, then yes, that's a hostage situations and shootouts. Yeah. Yeah. These, these are like there's no question. Like give the cops freedom. Exactly. But like, yeah. Yeah. If someone's if someone's shot a weapon at them or at someone else, it's pretty much an immediate like all all bets are off. Yeah. Okay. You know. Yeah. And it's it's kind of hard to expect anything else. I think I think people and I'm not even talking about cops here. I think a lot of people use uh a perceived threat, not even a viable one, like a perceived threat as a reason to be able to kill someone. Oh, I agree 100%. I just think I I don't know, maybe people just like using guns. Mm-hmm. People just like well, that's people like just the, like the power of like being able to hurt somebody. I don't know. That's but the, like it's like it's like I go into your thing. house. I go into your house. I steal something out of your house. I take your VCR. I'm I'm going back to '92 with this. I take your VCR. <laughs> yeah, like and that. I escalate it to shooting you. Yes, for no but reason. I, but let's say, but let's say I have the VCR and you see me running away with it. Are you going to go grab your gun and shoot me in the back over a VCR? Are you? I'm asking. Well, you. And that's the other exactly. thing. Is, no, of course not. If someone but, shot in the back. That's kind of an immediate. That wasn't okay. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like that's one of those. If so, if you were shot in the back, then you're clearly not a threat. So you know, unless unless you were trying to kill someone else, face a different direction. Mm-hmm. That's like the only instance where that would. I don't know. I just don't. I just don't put things I have over people's lives. No, hundred percent. Actually, um, I think we're I talking do, about different things. Actually, it'd be, actually, I mean, it'd be different. Obviously, if somebody grabbed a million dollars or something. I don't want to say that I would do it, but I could say like, I, I wouldn't know. kill, but I actually would. I am a, uh, depending on the level of paranoia you have, mm-hmm. if someone does break and enter, break in and enter your, uh, your residence, even if they have the intent to steal and not to harm you or, I yep. mean, at a certain point, yeah, you may not know that they're trying to steal from you. So that's no, a, that's the problem. Is it's fuzzy. No, yeah. no. So it's it's the problem I have is you can't rely on the general logic that is, you know, someone coming into your residence, you catch them in the act. You are now prepped for an, the next visit, and so they therefore won't risk revisiting you what do you mean well i guess what i'm trying to say is i'm not going to rely on rational thinking that is as follows like somebody came to my residence to steal something right okay. well, this is best case scenario right okay i'm aware of it and they're aware of my awareness whether it happened then or like they're out right i can't rely on the fact that they have more apprehension to return to my house that's not enough for me to feel safe so i would like to damage them on their way out are you damaging oh, them okay it's like a like 
don't you ever think of that again because if someone breaks your house it kind of reminds you of how how much how much bullshit we rely on for sense of security like these doors and windows this fucking bullshit dude if i actually want to get into someone's house like at 3 a.m i'm gonna fucking do it yeah it's Mm -hmm. not that hard i'm a big dude i can do a lot very quickly trust is what yeah so it's like so that is fuzzy i'm saying it's talking about you're talking about hurting them to make sure they don't do it yeah it's fuzzy it's fuzzy. It's fuzzy. I'm saying it's fuzzy. It's fuzzy. Well, and then the question even begs, like, if just a, like, say you intentionally miss, you just shoot near them, does that count as hurting them? No. Because that may, maybe, well, because they don't know that you intentionally missed. No. They might think 100%. they just got lucky and they almost got no, I mean, killed. You, you could brand your weapon enough and that, that could be enough. I mean, just yeah. brandish, or excuse me, brandish. Scaring the shit out of yeah. them counts well, I mean, as damage. I mean, if you. So I'm getting at. <clears throat> If I shoot at a dude that stole something out of my house and I miss them, the they're only gonna feel they're gonna they might feel some kind of way about me. Oh, you took out your gun to try and shoot me? Okay, fine. You you didn't get hurt and you still wronged me. So at the at this point, there's still more negative points in your in, like in your like in like for you. So like I didn't hurt you, but you still stole from me. So count yourself lucky. And like leave, you know. If I'm like on my way to a car, my car, or in the night, or if I if I stop you and you go to jail, then you go to jail. If if I if I'm if I'm like on my way to my car from like something yeah. at night, and I get approached by someone who wants to rob me, and okay. I like brandish my gun, that okay. should be enough for me mentally to feel like okay, I avoided the situation. That person didn't. I'm not a victim. Whatever that person may or may not try out someone else. But like when it comes to like someone breaking into my house in the middle of the night to steal stuff or to harm me or whatever. And I can't, maybe I don't have that discernment, right? Mm -hmm. Like I kind of feel like I have to to put an end to it there because that takes a lot for someone to do. That's your your place of peace. That's your home. Even if you, even if they leave, if they come back, they might be the kind of person that's pissed and come back and kill you in the middle of sleep. Like it's going to affect your sleep. Yeah. Cause someone, Uh, that's true. I mean, I mean, what's, what takes more balls than breaking into someone's house? When that's it, that's a, that's as much as it. So you're saying he might, he might, uh, he might just be, so he might just be like petty enough, like, oh, yeah, you tried to hurt me. I'm, I'm coming back, back hurt you. Yeah, that's so I would like to hurt crazy, but that's true. That's crazy, but it's true. I would it's want the point. person to be apprehended, but I don't need to kill the person either. I just need that person to not have the means to come back. Yeah, that's it. So I mean, but if somebody steals your, long I need to move. I need to stop saying VCR. It's 2020. But if someone track. Yeah, uh, 4K Someone steals Ultra. your PlayStation 4. Okay. Someone steals your PlayStation 4. <laughs> if, I, if, if I steal your PlayStation 4 and I'm running out with it and you shoot me in the back and I'm paralyzed from the waist down for the rest of my life, I'm going to be mad as fuck. Mm-hmm. Over I mean, PS4. I don't... I wouldn't do it. I know you wouldn't. Personally. I'm just saying, like, over a PS4. Like, yeah. the escalation is not different. Like, if you beat my ass, okay, that's what I get. Like... You, I know, shot me in the leg. Fuck. Okay, cool. Like, but if me doing this act, this small act that doesn't hurt you, I mean, put you back 500 bucks. Right. And, uh, but now, it's less than that even. Yeah. But my life, but now my life has changed forever more. And now there's like no, no chance of rehabilitation, maybe emotionally or physically. That's why you still from Walmart. Church. <laughs> Man, people die stealing from Walmart though. 
Yeah. Was, like, like, he's like, I told you it was great value. Step on you. Like, wow. that's terrible. Let me check your receipt. <laughs> Three exit wounds in your chest. Wow. Oof. Exit. <laughs> chest. Wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. That's always uh, low prices. <laughs> That's what I call customer service gun smoking. Just, just crosshairs over a discounted price. <laughs> it's a price is cut in half. Wow, we <laughs> snipe your savings today. Well, we got a little bit off topic there. But yeah, like a lot. We did. Topic. We did. We did. We did. Sorry, y'all. We okay, apologize. So we'll, we'll take our last break and they'll cut, we'll, we'll 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 bring it all the way back. You know, bring it back. Yeah, you Go know, back to the beginning. Got like three tangents, you know? Yeah, my bad. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Millen Singh, host of SpyFi After Dark. I'm here to just please ask you to rate and or subscribe on whatever platform you might be listening on. It really makes a really big difference to us, and it makes us feel really good about ourselves. So you really should just do it for that reason alone, honestly. But seriously, it boosts our organic search rankings and makes it easier for people to find the podcast. And so it would really help us out a lot if you could shoot us a rating, subscription, whatever's applicable on whatever platform you might be listening on. Anyways, that's it for me. Let's get back to the episode. Spy, five. After dark. Place to be with you two. Plus me equals three. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so fucking beautiful. Oh my goodness. All right, I think I'm gonna leave that in. Please don't. He says that all the time. Well, I do leave it in. He leaves it in. I'm going to leave it in. All that dumb shit he leaves in. Um, But it's just gold. (laughs) Imagine if we tried. All right. So what were you saying about your friend? Well, so I I have a friend. Nice guy. Really cool. Used to work with him uh, way back in the day. And he he seemed to be very uh, like easily like irritated with people and he always like he had something of like an ego and everything and every time he perceived disrespect and in the smallest way mm-hmm. he would like puff his chest be ready to fight somebody or like be ready to just like go off at the seams you know just act a fool and this guy wants to be he wanted to be a cop and I used to tell him I was like dude you can't act this way and want to be a cop like it's just not that's just not conclusive to the lives of the people around you as mm-hmm. well as your yourself. You can't feel like you're you can't feel like you like you can't be ready to fight somebody or hurt somebody because your feelings were hurt. Not if you want to be a cop. Mm-hmm. Because then the, once you become a cop, it's not about you. Yeah. It's not about you. Yeah, one or two things can happen in that situation. Either he could be looking for an outlet to be able to react to those situations or he may be hoping that the situations that are affecting him negatively won't exist anymore when he's a cop. 
either way it's wrong. Mm-hmm. So either way, well, either I, way was, yeah. I was going to say for, for me, part of a big part of what I prescribe as a, you know, solution to the problem is part of training should be an evaluation of one's aggressiveness and bias. And if you score too high on either of those categories, you're disqualified. I'm surprised it doesn't exist. That's kind of common sense. Like, yeah, I feel like it's there, it's but it's not sense. held in high the, sen- Aggressiveness high one might be there. I don't know that for sure. The bias one's interesting. Bias one is, I don't think that's there usually. But you would need, you would need a little bit of both, wouldn't you? In order to correct me. Like for, like you can't. No, if, if, if you want to be a cop, but your score indicates you're very aggressive. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you just are immediately disqualified. Got it. Regardless of your bias, doesn't matter. You're just immediately disqualified. But if you're too biased, if you're too biased, you're also immediately disqualified. Okay. Yeah, I guess a, a extreme or. biases would be biases would be bad. Yeah, of course well, it would. Because it, regardless of whether or not you're biased, the policy of policing, and this is a whole separate thing, but the policies of how policing operates pushes it towards over-policing poor, generally colored communities and under-policing wealthy, rich communities because there's like quota systems. We have to make a certain number of arrests or tickets every month to like keep up with the statistics. Mm -hmm. Um, And then pretty much they just say like, well, it's probably easiest for me to find just cause and therefore hit my quota going into a poor neighborhood where I see a car with a broken window or. Oh yeah. I got stopped once like for that. going to, for, for driving too slow. Yeah. I mean, they, they will They're also less likely. Um, there's less likely to be rebuttal to any, anything you administer as a cop, like yeah. ticket well, wise. And, and if someone also, has, if someone isn't coming from less. Certain, and, and also there's not going to be as much resistance. Well, that's, yeah, that's what he means at the time. And yeah, after he's, the fact. he's talking that's about what, at the time. Yeah, but I even after the fact, like if you, arrest a a white dude with the rich with rich parents he's gonna have a great lawyer that's what i meant and you're gonna have a hard time convicting that that that's what i meant like that like after same same reason why there's a disconnect in which cases are charged and how everyone's um treated because again there's like quotas and the uh district attorneys and judges are often operating on a very quote unquote tough on crime methodology because they have to be elected. And this is like how they campaign. Like their metric. Yeah. Essentially. yeah. So they They're campaign saying, oh. on being tough on crime. So you end up basically shoving people through the criminal justice system way faster than it's supposed to work, which is why you have um, cops and DAs routinely Supreme Court. <sighs> Routinely, uh, what were you saying? Nothing. Uh, routinely, um, effectively railroading people who are completely innocent into accepting a plea bargain in exchange for time served and however long they've been in jail waiting for a court date, even though they are completely innocent. Like you could be suspected of a robbery, right? And you might fit a description. It's it's very fungible. Probably don't know. Millen is doing air quotes. Yeah, it's it's very fungible. If you couldn't tell by my voice, I'm doing air quotes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's very fungible. Those kinds of things. So you might fit a description, but you're not the person. You're completely yes. innocent. Yes. But they'll arrest you. They'll bring you in. They'll leave you in jail for a month, waiting for a court date, and then they'll come to you a month in and be like, "Hey, if you plead guilty to this, your time serve, you'll be let go tomorrow." Um, you know, be back to your life, but you're pleading guilty. Yes. <laughs> and you didn't do it. 
And a lot that, of people that exists. Yeah, oh, it's definitely, extremely definitely. Common. The now, majority of cases convicted are convicted like that. Definitely, and then the overwhelming majority. Now that they plead guilty, now they have a hard time getting a job. Yeah, it or, fucks you the know, rest of your life. Yeah, that's so. Like, I mean, aside from the the case by case yes. detriment to people that are wrongly accused, that also like really disqualifies the efficacy of our. Yes. System for it me. completely undermines the legitimacy of the criminal justice system. But uh, that, 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 yeah, that also freaks me out though. If I'm looking at like statistics about, mm -hmm. about, you know what I mean? Like, so crimes, the, crimes being resolved properly. Like, I want to, like, I, I always, I want to feel like, yeah, criminals, I guess I want to feel like criminals, criminals are being properly often handled. Get away. That's freakier though, if you think yeah. about it. Yes, I know. And it happens that's, every that's, single day. That's the first, yeah. Multiple times a day in every single state. That's, I mean, it's that bad. And as and part of this is because, again, these agencies are also chronically underfunded. True. Like the criminal justice system is chronically underfunded. And the laws make so many things illegal that there's no way they could handle the volume of offenses. It's just not possible. So they have to like railroad people through and do this like crazy truncated version because it's the only way the thing stays in one so piece. So it's an assembly line. Yeah. Yeah. So Versus if, just, we, yeah. if we decriminalized drug possession, first of all, that's like 60% of cases just mm -hmm. gone immediately. They and can help prioritization up, of other things. Exactly. It frees up resources. Yeah, it frees up. So now, because right now resources are so tight that if if um, an investigator comes to a cop and says, I have this, uh, say, like money laundering case or, or yeah, it's like a money laundering case where a bank is laundering money for a, a gang, a drug gang. The prosecutor would be like, "It's a movie script, by the way. You got this. Well, See what you got." The prosecutor would be it like, "Sounds dope. That sounds like it sounds like a bad crime, but it also sounds like six months of my time to convict this person." Okay. And they'd be like, "And I don't have six months to do that." That's fucked up. Yeah. That that that's happening. So like why, that kind of deliberation. So happening. that's why that's why white collar crime is very rarely prosecuted. Oh, of course. Because of lead times? It's yeah, it's literally it's literally between, how much between, time it takes to prosecute. Yeah. The processing, the potential because the higher ticket stuff usually involve people with more means to extend to defend themselves. Yeah, defend yeah. themselves. So they'll extend so more the process. trouble than it's worth. They'll appeal, 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 yeah, appeal. More trouble than it's worth. Exactly. And versus if someone has no money, no power, they, they have no no means to fight back, you can get them in and out in a month. And your that's time so, spent on it's like a day. That sounds so fucked up. Dude. It's it's incredibly fucked up, but that's like no, reality. That sounds literally crazy. Yeah, no, that's that's real. I that's, mean, that's there's every day. a like I said, there's a there's like a a track from like black kids in elementary school to jail like so quickly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a legitimate. It's like a pipeline. It's a, a supply pipeline. chain. Yep. And it's it's made even more big, fucked up by the fact big that business, prisons can also use their inmates for labor. Free labor, we're talking and about. And if they're private prisons, they can make a profit on yes. that. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's a, it's like there's all these it's forces. Complex. Yeah, and this is the thing: is all this stuff has just thrown itself onto something that was broken and never fixed. Like something was broken, it never got fixed, and then a bunch of people just added a bunch of stuff to it to take advantage of it. And now we have this huge gigantuan problem that seems like it's impossible to fix. But really, it all comes from like one or two like things that were broken like originally. Problems. Yeah. And in this case, it's primarily like the war on drugs and chronic lack of funding of the criminal justice system.
and arguably um, DAs and um, judges having to be elected. Hashtag systematic racism or, I mean. Mm-hmm. It's bureaucracy that keeps these things in yeah, place. Yeah, it sounds like greed too. Yeah. As, as equally as culpable. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's a few things. One's enabling the other. 100%. So. Damn. So I want to I wanna go all the way back to where we started from. <laughs> we, again, it's like a sense of, I think we covered this with, with Frank. So I want to ask Alex, and I'll, I'll chime in too. Do you think that based on what we are seeing happening in the streets today, we're going to see a considerable change of any kind? Like, are you hopeful for the direction? And I'm, I personally have mixed feelings on it. I'm not very well educated in what's going on. Um, I don't have like any granular understanding. Um, based on what's going on at a high level, I'll say no. Um, in the future, they'll need to be like systemic changes. I know it sounds very, very vague, but it's it's just the truth. Like this is not going to, this is a one-off, but like that's the thing. They're always one-offs. And it's how they're handled. This was actually handled because of the outcry of public. I think a little better than average, but um, it's, I don't know. I, I think it's always going to depend on the police and department involved. Can I say? We uh, would, yeah. Oh, I was no, going to say, finish, we, finish. we need like a, like a washing across like the country. Mm-hmm. Like a bunch of departments need to like restructure new people need to come in and mm-hmm. th- how like, like this, this will not change the fact that police and the department that they work for are willing to protect each other. That's yeah. not going to like be side, solved tomorrow. Side note that we don't have time to talk about. This is the last topic because we're running out of time. Um, there are calls that I've seen to actually defund police departments. Yeah, I don't like that, though. I don't know if that's I like the way it. I go. like it. I, I like it on paper. I was going to bring that up. I like mm-hmm. it on paper. It's it it. I think it's an interesting concept. It's, I think it's it's unbaked, but I think it's an interesting. It's concept. unbaked, but it's it's another thing. It's it's like an Annie up. I like it. I like that mm-hmm. aspect. But yes, it's unbaked. I don't know if that will actually solve the problem. Because co- part of it is like defund or place with a different kind of organization. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, we don't yeah. have time to talk about it. But yeah, I just it's also pulling in just note. more and more attention to what's going on yes. versus it normally just being like passed, you know, like every other. I actually wanted to um, say something. I'm going to let Milan talk real quick. I mean, oh. I'm not letting you do anything. This is your world. But you go ahead and tell us what you want to say. And then I just, I had one more thing I wanted to say before we go. Okay. So my feeling is that what I have seen this time is there is a, there's a is a different cultural lens this time. Yes, that's the biggest change in that this time around. I have seen more police officers say this is wrong, this is unacceptable. You know, this guy should, is clearly a murderer, and we need to stop this out. I've seen that more than I've ever seen it before. True, which means that the whole like protecting each other thing is breaking down a little bit. A little bit. It's a one-off, yeah. but yeah. It's, it's unclear how far it's going to go, but yeah. clearly there's some cracks there. And I've also seen more solidarity than I've ever seen before, both across like racial lines and even like police themselves acting in solidarity, at least for mm-hmm. moments during these demonstrations. Maybe not for the whole thing, but at least for moments in certain places. And like in Phoenix, 
this whole week, and we're recording this on Saturday, so this whole week, Saturday, June 6th, this whole past week, there have been no arrests at these protests. Police no. have simply stood by. Yeah. In some cases, That's they've actually response. marched with them. Like positive the police response. chief has marched with them today or yesterday. Um, there were some arrests originally because there was some like looting and stuff going on. But after that, that kind of all subsided and it's been very peaceful. And there's been like, it feels like more of a dialogue and less of a, or at least a standoff, but not like a, not full on conflict. So I think culturally more people are coming around to the message, which is that this kind of behavior happens far more often than we want to admit. And it's not okay. And even if it doesn't happen to us, it still should be important to us. Can I, can I say one thing? So like there are certain situations um, between civilians getting killed and cops where like, like in this situation, they're so extreme that the stories when leaked and disclosed are just too hot to ignore when it comes to mainstream media and also demands so much public outcry because there's like no gray area, but like there are plenty of other cases that probably are not as conspicuous as this. And it's probably going to happen. That's my problem. Mm -hmm. And um, also because of COVID, we got bigger and louder responses from civilians, well, from part people. Of, part, part of it is also because a lot of people are unemployed right yeah, now, so they have more time and on not their hands just, yeah, not, yeah. to do this So, like, that was one good thing about COVID. Like, we got a, a more appropriate response from people. Mm. That might not happen, and then it might it might be more of that gray area. Mm-hmm. Like, those situations where people were wrongfully killed, but, like, it wasn't like this. Yeah. And so You know, like, this is, the, like, you the, can't even argue. This is, like, crazy, right? The flip, side, the flip side to this being is I don't think it's enough to to radically change this the system but i think it may be enough to push culture in the right direction it's a couple steps in the right direction eventually it's going to correct the system because the, the system will follow culture eventually it yeah. may take some time but ev- eventually it will follow the system can it has change to. by the way i don't think it can't change i just don't yeah. think it's going to be like fixed tomorrow yes okay so what, what, were you what was your final you? thought um i had i had like just a small story it's gonna be really quick but Going off of what I told you guys about, like, how I think everything's going to go down. I was actually, I had a conversation with someone. I'm just going to go ahead and say it was somebody close to me. And uh, I wanted to watch a movie with him. Right. But because of the culture, everything's going on there. We, uh, he has different expectations of this movie based on like what was going to happen before. Like, He's used to the characters being a certain way, but they'll be changed in this movie based on the culture of now. And I would argue with this person about, I really want you to watch this movie with me. I like played like the like relationship card, you know, and they wa- they were going to watch it, but they were mad. And then I was talking about, you know, you got a bias over this. He's like, no, I think you have a bias. Da, 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 da. So we, I tried to have a conversation with them, an argument. And I took that route, right? It wasn't working. Then what I said, I got a little more personal. And I told them, you know what? Let's put all that to the side. The issue is the way this has always been our thing, these movies. So because of the way, uh, because the way you've been acting, it's been affecting your relationship with me. 
it's like it affects, it's affected our relationship, what you have with me, so on and so forth, right? And that's what got him. That like that's what hooked him in. So it didn't. So in in a nutshell, going back to what we were talking about, like you said, this is this will not last unless it keeps affecting like white people, unless it affects them too. Mm, it has to be close to home. It has to be close to home. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you try to yeah. raise them like, I don't know, logic or whatever, it's not enough. It may not be enough, you know? That's a good point too. As it, like you like But that's what I was saying too, like COVID enabled extreme acts from the public to bring in the attention. Yeah. yeah. Well because people had the time and the that's energy. That's what I'm saying. Like it's yeah. Well, and I think what I was getting at is that as the culture shifts, more people who are not immediately affected by this will look at this and say, this is, re- this is insane. Like it's not a just higher a chance of it. No, it's not just a, it's not just a like, Oh, you know, that, that sucks. But it's like a, like, like what? Yes. You know, like that's the response. You. I agree with you. Well, like, right. Because that's my right. response. When I see a story like that, I'm like, are you fucking serious? Exactly. You know? And I think you'll see that response more and more. Yes. Even if it doesn't directly affect their lives necessarily, I just think empathy will go up. Definitely. Yeah. And, it, and it is so far right now because um, I actually was talking to somebody about this and it's one thing to say, and I, I might have talked to Alex about this before. It's one thing to say, uh, um, yeah, it was wrong that dude, like that the, the, the guy died. George Floyd died. Oh. But, you know, mm-hmm. but like... uh. But you shouldn't be stealing, right? Stealing is bad. Yeah. Versus stealing is bad, but nobody should be dying. Like, but murder, you're forgetting that somebody got murdered. Yeah. It's Once, like, it's like, framing. It, yeah, it's like, uh, I, uh, I, you can kind of look at it like this. Like, uh, so right now people are doing that, but they're becoming more aware, like what you were talking about. So it's, they're over time rising up a little more and getting out of that, like that state mm-hmm. of thinking. It's in their, it's in their headspace. Yes. Like perceived or, uh, uh like our tolerance for people of all races and backgrounds, just all demographics, our tolerance for like detrimental things um, in regards to like the occurrence goes down with perceived severity of each occurrence. Mm-hmm. So like because of this, it could have just been another headline mm-hmm. but because and it, it's, a, it's one person or maybe one person in this story, one person in that story. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't know the person. Mm-hmm. Right. But like it goes from like that person to a bunch of people in your social media, which are like some of them are real friends. Some of them are not to like things actually happening in your neighborhood. It becomes more and more home. So mm-hmm. the, sever- the perceived severity goes up now. Like if you if that occurrence happens again, like it just seems like it's it's affecting your life. Yeah, it's all I mean, people need to feel like their life's being affected by something or it mm-hmm. won't it won't impact. It won't. You at all. It won't. And- the, and the last thing I'll say is it's also important to remember that this issue has only really been a mainstream issue for about five years. Yeah. That's not a lot of time. No. Yeah. It hasn't been like, yeah, been at all. not like this. It's, it's a long time in terms of the lives lost. Like it feels like a long time if you're part of the affected community, but in the span of, of culture, it's a very short blip. I mean, and we still have I think, so I think you're much right. more, so much more can be done with another five years or another 10 years. And I mean, that can sound kind of callous, but in reality, like things just take some time to change and life is unfortunately not going to be fair every day. Yeah. 
So that that's why I have a little bit of hope in that. I think, I think we're setting up the groundwork for long-term cultural shifts, which cause long-term systemic shifts. Okay. Yeah. That's where it starts. Cultural shifts. Yeah. And with another five, another 10 years, yeah. maybe another mass protest. Yeah. Like the another step- instance happens and it goes again. Or it happens two or three more times. It may take more times for enough people to give enough of a fuck to do something. Yeah. But that's clearly a problem. But, but like, I understand. You know, we're getting closer. You know, each mm-hmm. time, every day this protest continues, we get a little bit closer. Yeah. I don't think it's being, I don't think it's in yeah. vain. I think it is impactful. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but obviously it's like, Oh, how many more black people got to die I know. before? Or I know. like, or it's, like, how much virtue signaling needs is going to continue? Where like we talk about it so mm-hmm. that we can say we've talked about it without actually implementing real change. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know yeah, that happens a lot too. Where it's, it's inha- like it's inherently me- it's kind of just inherently messed up coming from from me because I'm clearly not in the the affected community here. Okay. Yeah. But, but I mean, I'm, I'm oh, also just mad. trying to be realistic. Of like, no, you're, you're right. It's yeah. just like hearing that is like, oh, you, you just got to take time. Oh, you <laughs> I know, know, take time. That's, that's why I say it sounds yeah. it sounds bad in the face of the lives lost because it, it can sound callous. But, yes, but you're not wrong. It's also it's also what we're working with. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, we just did a little over an hour. Cool. Cool. I think pro- I think it's gonna be an hour ten, maybe a little more than that. Okay. That was, was good a podcast. I actually think that might be one of our best podcasts, if not maybe the best podcast we've done. Conversationally, yeah. It uh, it went off on a little bit of a tangent, so it wasn't as like cohesive, but it was pretty good conversationally. Yeah. I feel like we all gave a lot of good input. I like our tangents. I like Me too. Like, like in terms of like what it, how it played out, it was awesome. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just saying like. Yeah. <laughs> all you? right. Well, um, on our way out, Prank, you want to? Plug your podcast one last time. On on last time, uh, come listen to me and my brother Xavier on Next Level Town. Uh, Next Level Town on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Got Uh, that unified brand. Yes. Uh, Email us at nextleveltown at gmail.com. You know, one brand, one life, you know, definitely doing what we can. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You want to hear about anything, pop culture stuff. We talk about comics, we talk about movies, we talk about music, we talk about just life. You know what I'm saying? And please come listen to us. Come check us out, you know, and thank you, Millen, for having me. Yeah. And, my uh, boy. and for all the listeners, you know, just go ahead and punch that subscribe button real quick. Just, you know, get it real good. I mean, I mean, punch it, you just, know, like. Like uppercut, it, like, yeah, like, the like you're trying to get back at someone. You yes, know? and then uh, you know, review us if you're on iTunes and uh, iowamarcus.com. Again, there's a mid roll. We didn't talk about it, but we talked about it. You know, what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. All right, we'll see you next week. Take care. Catch up. Catch y'all later.